What's up, friends? Welcome to another episode of the Shiver's World podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Stead Blanton. And this week it's a solo episode. It's you and me, bestie. We're having a chat about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. It is the topic that I have built my whole business on, and it's coaching. It's business coaching, business mentorship, accountability. And it's what my thoughts are on coaching as a industry, as a profession, what I want all prospective clients to know for all coaching, what I want my future clients to know about who I am and what it's about. Um, and ultimately want to kind of pull back the curtain on an industry and a profession that has changed a lot in the past gosh, even the past couple years since the pandemic, but especially since I started doing this back in 2015, 16. Wow. It's been a while. So I thought this would be a fun solo one. I'm going to give everyone a second, grab some water, get comfy. Maybe you're going for a walk. Maybe you're going for a drive, whatever you are up to. And I'll meet you back in a second so we can dive into this really exciting topic. Welcome to the Sheet vs. World podcast, because being a modern woman balancing a career, business, friendships, relationships, family, oh, and our own needs can sometimes feel like it requires superwoman level powers. I'm Danielle Stead Blanton, athlete turned corporate attorney who left my completely unfulfilling career in a male dominated industry to disrupt the space and build the table for women leaders in the health and wellness worlds to thrive. I've teamed up with some of the biggest household names from their starts and through their massive growths by providing business, legal, and operations consulting services, while also being their number one hype gal and sometimes the dose of tough love that only your best girlfriend can give you. On this show, I'm sharing everything I've learned along the way, both the practical business lessons to help your business thrive and the tough life lessons that ladies, we are just not talking about enough and need to be. And of course, I'm handing the mic off to some of the most inspiring and powerful women in our industries to share their stories and lessons too, because together we can conquer it all. Hey besties. So I am really excited for today's episode. I've been wanting to record this for probably the past month and then If you follow along on social, you know that I've had the world's worst sinus infection cold for the past few weeks. And when you're pregnant, you can't take anything besides like hopes and dreams and orange juice. And so this cold has been so terrible and it's taken me this long to recover to the point that I can sit down and record an episode and chat with you guys without coughing and blowing my nose. So really exciting. I know you all wanted that level of detail. There it is. Um, Coaching. Wow. This is a fun topic for me. This is a topic that I think part of the reason I've wanted to talk about it for so long is that I've seen the industry evolve so much just in the past couple years, but I've also seen some friends and colleagues be very successful at taking what they've learned and implementing implementing into a coaching model to complement their business. I've also seen friends really benefit from strong business coaches who have held up mirrors for them and helped them get past their own ish and get to the, to the success that they want. Um, 
I've also heard horror stories. I've also been part of horror stories. And I think that there is such misinformation out there right now on what business coaching is. I think there is so much noise out there on everyone as a coach all of a sudden. And I wanted to pull back the curtain or at least share my perspective on it. Like I said, I've been doing this for like seven plus years. And I think after that much time, you get a really good understanding of at least who you are as a coach, at least what you hope for it to be. I've worked with a handful of coaches in a number of capacities, and I want to share my experience. And I also just want to share what I hope it is for anyone listening to this. I know a lot of listeners are business owners. They are either budding solopreneurs. They are service providers who are maybe working for someone but have the hope of going off on their own. They are business owners. They are bosses. And at no stage in your business or career have you checked all the boxes and can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm done. I've learned everything I need to know. I'm as good as it's going to get. And I think that when you have that realization that you can always level up a little bit more if you choose to, that this becomes a really interesting conversation of how do I want to level up and how is that going to happen for me and my business and what does that mean for me and my business? So kind of rambling a little bit already. I'll try to bring us right back on track here. Um, I, I thought it'd be an interesting little bit of like history right now, not to sound boring. You guys know I love nerdy stuff though, but I've, I've made a couple of references that the coaching industry has blown up in the past five years. It has changed so much since right before the pandemic to during the pandemic to life now. And I feel like as somebody who has literally built a business being a strategist and teaching business owners how to be good business owners, it's been a really interesting um, TV drama to watch, for lack of better terms. I think it was especially interesting that during the pandemic, a lot of people pivoted and became coaches. And there was there's, there was a lot of like snark and noise. And I'll be honest, I was part of it where people said, you know, during the pandemic, everyone became a coach because a lot of people's industries didn't allow them to actually work doing what they do. So they became coaches advising people how to do what they do. Um, and I really want to preface this that I like firmly believe, I truly believe deep in my soul and with every ounce of my being that there is enough sunshine for everybody. Um, we all can find success doing what we want to do, even if it's the exact same thing. But I equally believe that not every person that has experience is going to be a good coach. And that's just my, my personal belief. And maybe I'm wrong and who knows. But I think that as service providers, who a lot of us are, we exchange time for money. We do one-to-one with clients. We work with our bodies. We want to feel a level of consistency and revenue, of sustainability, of security. We want some of those bigger feelings that we don't necessarily get when you are working for yourself versus working as an employee of somewhere, we want to find those sustainable outlets. And we look at coaching and creating programs as a sustainable outlet. And I don't blame anyone for doing that whatsoever. But what I think is really important is to then have the conversation of what is coaching? Let's talk about it. What is it? What should it be? Have the conversation of what should it be for you? How to identify that within yourself? How to identify that within the people you're going to work with? how to make it work for you, um, to ask yourself if it's really worth, worth investing in and what part of coaching is worth investing in. Um, 
you know, and speaking of investments, I think there's also this like really wild connotation right now about coaching that when it comes to like, you know, quote unquote, investing in yourself, the more money that you have invested in yourself, the better you are as almost a human being. I know a lot of people who look at business coaching as like an extension of their self-worth. And, and, you know, like excuse the language, but it's like a dick swinging contest. I literally talked to people who have started conversations with, well, how much money have you invested in coaching this year? Well, I've invested this much. And how much have you spent on coaches? And And it's really gross to me because it's the same comparison game, but it's a different comparison, right? Um, And so I want to talk about also in this discussion why high ticket coaching isn't always the answer. I want to talk about why spending more money isn't always the answer. And yes, this is me as a person whose job it is to tell you it's not always the answer to keep spending money. And why the amount of money you invest in yourself actually does not matter at the end of the day. And spoiler alert, it's because it's what you take out of that investment that matters. I really don't give a shit if you are in like five high ticket masterminds. If you just go there to fuck around and meet people and go to the parties and drink and you don't actually want to become a better person or business owner and there's like five people I'm thinking of as I'm saying this, then it doesn't matter how much money you spend. You just blew all of that money. You might as well just go buy a flashy watch or new car and at least like have that. (laughs) So... I just want to make it really clear that this is at no point in this podcast episode a pitch for coaching with me. This is at no point a pitch for coaching is the best thing ever. It is a pitch a no point for if you haven't done it yet, it is a a commentary on your worth as a business owner. And I just want this again to be an honest discussion from someone who has been doing this for a long time, for someone who has been in this industry and this capacity for a long time sharing their perspective so that if you are starting a business, if you are at a stage in your life, your career, your business, where you're thinking of making that investment in you, you're able to make that investment with your eyes a little bit wider open. Um, I think if you have hung out here enough, if you've hung out with me enough, you know, I am freakishly transparent. I don't believe in holding things back. I'm pregnant right now. The things that I tell my friends who are pregnant, but not as far along as me, it's probably horrifying to them, but I don't believe that we should ever be surprised by life. I think that if we have knowledge and experience, we should share it with people so that people can make the most informed decisions possible. So that's what my hope in this is. Um, I also just want to say, I'm not coming on here saying I'm the BL expert on coaching. I'm not a Ed Milet. I know that. I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I sure as heck don't have it all figured out. I don't own a, you know, seven figure coaching business. I wish I did. I'd love to one day. Um, but I have coached for, like I said, seven plus years. I have worked with thousands of business owners, literally. Um, in that time I've opened over 25 brick and mortar fitness studios. I've created hundreds of fitness and wellness brands, um, some of them that you actually know and are household names. Um, my clients are teaching on some of the world's biggest streaming fitness apps. I had a client who is a very, very well-known streaming fitness instructor, and I remember having lunch with her many, many years ago and saying, what is your dream? And she said it was that, and we worked on that. 
And that's really cool to me. And so to me, it's always fun sharing perspective. To me, it's always fun sharing insight. And just like everything else I do, I want you guys to have all the information possible. So, so there you have it. (laughs) Um, Coaching has changed a lot. The coaching industry has changed a lot. Um, I've said it a few times already. And when I first started my business and when I first started even like considering teaching other people how to do what I do, I feel like it was all these like online courses. Everyone sold a course. Everyone, not everyone, because there weren't a ton of coaches or courses. They sold courses. They had these long launch windows. There was cart open bonuses. There was cart close bonuses. There was, you know, the extra script bonus. And there was a 12-week thing where you watch these online courses on Kajabi. And that's what coaching was. And it's really interesting because I've watched it evolve where instead of these like courses where coaches are trying to cram in as many people as possible and rinse and recycle and repeat the same content year over year, it's become the containers now where it's like a smaller time frame. Maybe it's like eight weeks, 10 weeks where it's like a container of really concentrated material with a set goal of learning. Um, you'll maybe launch something by the end of that. There's a Facebook group and, 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 you know, that's kind of like today's online course. It's a small container. The other thing I'm seeing now all the time are memberships. Memberships are great, guys. I say this to every client that has a physical studio or an online service, that memberships equal recurring revenue. Recurring revenue equals security, sustainability. It also gives you a valuation to sell your product one day. If you are looking to be in that space, a membership is your lifeline. Is it the answer for everyone? Absolutely not. But a lot of coaches now have memberships because it allows people to come in and out. It allows them to not launch as often. And so if you see somebody who you really like and want to work with, a membership is probably going to be a way more affordable way to have access to them and to work with them and have access to their material. It's also going to allow you to interact with people who are of the like mind, who have similar goals. And so you could collaborate or just bounce ideas off each other. Memberships are really to me like where coaching is going unless you're doing like high ticket one-on-one or high ticket masterminds, but memberships are like the jam. So if you have a model that would allow for it, memberships are great for you. If you have a budget of coaching that you would like to invest in yourself, memberships are great for you. So that's my little plug on that. I don't even have a membership and here I am telling you they're the best things ever. (laughs) Um, and then, like I said, kind of like the last little bit of trends in coaching right now is high ticket one-on-one or high ticket masterminds. And these are people who are, you know, multi eight figure entrepreneurs and they put a cap and they say, you need to have made this much money to come into this mastermind. And we're going to basically just hold you accountable and, and, you know, push your goals forward, but on a much larger scale because, business ownership is like a pyramid. There's a lot of people who are making X amount of money at the base, less people who are making this much money in the mid range, less people who are making this much money at the top. So the coaches, so the people who can afford that the seven, eight figure coaches are the ones who are charging these really high ticket masterminds and one-on-one coaching. And do I think it's always the way to go? No. Do I think that for some people it has generated huge success? Absolutely. But going back to my comment earlier about the guys who spend $100,000 a year in a dick swinging contest of coaching investment, is it always what's right for you? Absolutely freaking not. 
So let's talk about what is right for you. But before we can talk about what is right for you, I think it's also important to say like, what is business coaching? What is business coaching? Such an interesting question. I feel like if you ask different people, you're going to get different responses. But business coaching is first and foremost coaching for your business. It's not personal, which means that, and we'll touch on this more later, it's not therapy, guys. So when you have clients that come to you with like raging imposter syndrome and raging anxiety and fill in the blank, your job is to stay in your lane as a business coach and not try to diagnose their childhood issues or familial dramas. Just throwing that out there right now because I feel like that line gets crossed and blurred more times than a bad Robin Thicke song. So coaching is first and foremost business related. Secondly, it's an exchange of money. And it's really important to say that coaching is a service. We are offering a service for people. And then thirdly, of importance, coaching is about teaching someone or learning from someone, depending on which side of the transaction you're on, how to do something, how to accomplish a certain skill or get to excuse me, a certain milestone. It is about condensing the amount of time it takes by sharing of information of how the coach got there with the client. It is about offering perspective. It's about offering expertise. It is about support. Coaching is about results. I don't know how to make that any clearer. If you are working with a coach because you want them to be your friend, I mean this with all love and respect, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're working with a coach who isn't getting you results, you're not – like what are you doing? Coaching is about getting results. Now, it's different than mentorship, which I want us to touch on later, and it's different from accountability, which again I want us to touch on later. And I want to touch on mentorship and accountability later because I don't believe that you can be successful in life or in business without either also. It's not just about paying somebody to help your business. It's about having people in your corner to help you and your business. And that is what mentorship and accountability is that we're going to touch on, like I said, at the end, but keep those thoughts in the back of your mind because we are going to do a comparison when we get there. So that's what coaching is. Um, Let's talk about what it can do for you. Coaching is really powerful if it's with the right person and if you let it be. I always tell people that When you're looking for a coach, you want to look for someone who has accomplished what you have or something similar. You want to be able to exchange their valuable expertise in a condensed amount of time for a rate which you feel like is an equal exchange of energy. Their expertise is fast-tracking you to get you where you want to go. Now, I want to remind you guys that time is the most the most, the most, go back and listen to that episode on boundaries with time, expensive and valuable resource we have. The most. So why would you screw around for five years? Why would you screw around for one year if somebody's willing to help you do it faster? If somebody's willing to teach you what you need to know? When I very, very first started my business, I knew I wanted to teach online courses, which is LOL, because I ended up hating it when I did it. But I took 
a course and I invested in a very high-priced mentorship with a very well-known online course creator. And it told me every painstaking thing I needed to know, including about a million others that I didn't because they were common sense. And I launched a course. Was it successful? It was moderately successful. Did I like it? No, I ended up hating it. But what did it do? It taught me everything I needed to know to get to the result I wanted fast. So that's what coaching is there. Coaching is really, really great for you. Coaching is for you. If you have a clear idea of what you want to build or grow, you take that idea, you go to your coach, you tell them these are your big dreams. How do I get here? Can you help me? And they go, yes, absolutely. Let's get to freaking work. Coaching is also if you are like wanting clarity and you have a fuzzy vision, but you know who you are, you know what you like to do, you know the people who you want to work with, and you want some help sharpening the edges. I think that in 90% of my conversations with my coaching clients, it is about creating clarity and then creating action around that clarity. Which brings me to my third point. Coaching is for you if you don't know how to get where you want to go. Again, you're paying somebody to fast track your results. You're getting their expertise to get there faster. Now, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of Disneyland. You've maybe hopefully been to Disneyland. And if you've been recently, they have these things that were called fast passes. They're now called like magic genie passes or something. I don't know. I can't keep up. But the whole thought is, is that... If you go to Disneyland, yeah, well, let's just acknowledge it's expensive. You're paying like a bajillion dollars, right? But if you're willing to upgrade your ticket for like $25, truly it's not that much, you will get front of the line access for all the rides once a day. Are you willing to pay for that front of the line access so that you can not spend two hours to get on Incredicoaster? Yes. Pat and I always do. And here's why. We look at the cost of the ticket and we say, okay, if we're already going to spend this much, is it really that much more to spend $25 more? Maybe. Let's just say it's a $200 ticket. Is it worth it to spend $25 more? We are fortunate enough to be able to say, yes, it's worth it because we are fortunate enough that that is a reasonable cost to us. So we say, sure. Because when we get to Disneyland, do we want to spend the day standing in line maybe getting on three to five rides because we are standing in line for an hour, hour and a half, two hours each time? Or do we want to get to Disneyland when we want to get there and invest the extra $25, get to the front of the line for every ride we want to go on, go bounce to the next ride, grab a churro, bounce to the next ride, take some pictures, and have a really fun-filled day where we're moving, we're grooving, we're riding, we're laughing, we're having a great time. And maybe at the end of the day, we feel very, very fulfilled. Like, hey, I just finished every ride I want to go to. We've eaten all the junk food we want to eat. We don't need to stay now till the end because we're hoping to make it on every single ride. We were more efficient with our time. Was it a small investment? Yes. But is it a small investment in an already bigger investment that we're making? Yes. So is it worth it? A hundred percent. I want you to think of coaching as a fast pass. You're already spending enough money as it is starting a business. You're already going to spend your time there. How do you want to spend your time? Do you want to spend 
your time in line for a credit coaster for two hours? Or do you want to spend 15 minutes and go get a churro and ride five rides in that time? So when I talk about investment, when I talk about it's really helping you make those quantum leaps, that is something that I want you to think about. That is what coaching is really, really, really good for you. Wow. That was a total, total digression there, guys. If you just stuck with me listening to my whole Disneyland story, I love you. Thank you for staying with me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Coaching. What can I do for you? One of the things I like to tell people with coaching is a lot of times I get clients who are stuck. They're kind of at a roadblock and they can't get past a certain amount of money per month, certain revenue. They for me, at least I don't do social media, but for a lot of social media coaches, they can't get a certain past, a certain amount of followers or social media engagement. Or what's more important because no one should care about followers is conversion. For some people, it's not being able to create a certain physical product. Maybe you're in the skincare space. You really, really, really want to create products. You don't know how. Hire a coach. Whenever you find yourself asking, how can I do this? I want you to find yourself asking, am I willing to pay someone to teach me how to do this so I can learn it, master it, and then become more successful at it faster? Um, This is also a really great time to talk about coaching, that coaching is sometimes not broad. I work with fitness, wellness, and creative professionals. That means if you're a body worker, you are in the wellness space, you are a fitness professional, you are a makeup artist, hairstylist, photographer, physical therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, you guys get my jam, right? But if you're going to come to me as a website designer, I have website designers, but if you're going to come to me as someone who is outside the scope of that work and say, I need help building a business, I'm probably not your gal. And so it's really important to know that some coaches are not going to be for you because they're not going to have expertise in what you need help in. They might have really, really, really good uh, experience in creating physical products for a nutrition company, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to help you with skincare. They might have been able to create really great on-demand platforms for childhood learning and education but it doesn't mean they're going to be able to help you create a great platform for fitness for 30-something women. So know that there are coaches who are very broad who say they can do everything and be aware of that because I think, again, you want to be investing in people that have like the really specific niched down experience for it. Um, I think I've kind of drilled into like the number one reasons for coaching, why you want to do coaching. But my last thought on that is that, and I think it's very, 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 very important to say, is that the number one reason why people don't engage in coaching, and I think we have to talk about it, is because the cost can be so prohibitive. The cost can be too big, too much. Is it worth it? Is this an equal energy exchange? And the reason I think it's very, very important is because I think coaching is a very privileged industry. And this is coming from somebody who is part of it. And this is coming from a very privileged person myself that we act like every person can just go out and put thousands of dollars on a credit card 
or can just wire 5 to 10K or 20K from one account to another. We act like people have that money. Coaching is expensive. Should it be? Yes, because you are literally paying to fast track your life and business. But what does it mean when it's expensive? It means it doesn't get to be for everyone. And we have to acknowledge the socioeconomic consideration of that. We have to acknowledge that then we are only allowing people who are able to take on debt to then have access to that resource. And I don't necessarily want to turn this into a complete discussion about it because I could probably turn a whole podcast episode into it. But what I want to say is I want to acknowledge that. And I also want to acknowledge that if you ever come across a coach who is telling you that you need to take on massive debt, that you need to empty your bank account, that you need to put it all on the line, that if you're not willing to put it all on the line, if you're not willing to take away the safety net, then you're not willing to do what it takes, that you aren't worthy, you don't think you're deserving. First of all, that's psycho bullshit. That's psycho analyzing bullshit of theirs and they shouldn't be spewing it at you. But it needs to be said that it's very, very, very toxic. And it is a sales pitch that a lot of coaches use, a lot of bad coaches use. And I've witnessed it happening and it makes me sick. I don't want anybody who's working with me to go into massive debt, which just candidly you can't for what I sell. I don't want anyone working with me to feel like that if they are not willing to empty their bank accounts, then they are not worthy of getting the education, the help, and the support they need. And so while I do believe that there is something about make about an investment, while I do believe there's something about a return on investment, and while I absolutely believe that some investments are always going to be worth it, it is only if you can make it. And so one of the things I would say is if you're new in business and if you're greener at what you're doing, let's say that, if you are greener at this personal business development part of your life, take it in small chunks. Take it in increments. Invest in what you can. I've never understood any industry that tells you that you need to literally go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, says the attorney who paid for law school, um, to have a profession. I don't buy into it at this point. I don't also think it's fair that we ever put that expectation on clients because then clients are going to come into your relationship with a huge scarcity mentality of how fast can I make this money back? And this brings up my second red flag for you, that if a coach ever tells you that you're going to make your money back within X amount of time, or even that you will make your money back, they cannot guarantee that. And here's why. I've worked with, again, thousands of business owners. I've had more one-on-one sessions than I probably have. I should really count one day. It would be fun. But every person that comes to me for their first session, they have a different product or service. They have a different community. They have a different engagement in their community. And now we have to consider the engagement of the community in light of this new product or service. Every client has a different motivation. Every client has a different hustle. Every client has a different work ethic. And any coach that tells you otherwise is lying to you. So if a coach tells you that you will make back your investment, or if you are a client and you want to know how fast you're going to make back your investment, my answer to you is how hungry are you? 
how willing are you to work for it? Because I work with people who aren't, and it's really painful to be part of at this point. And it's actually a conversation that we're probably not going to work together moving into 2023 because it is too expensive. It is too much of a privilege on both the ability to spend the money and to have that coach's energy. And it is too much time that you cannot commit on either side unless you want it. So two huge red flags, guys. If a coach tells you to put on the line, take on massive debt, empty out your bank account, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're not really you know, putting anything out there. Red flag, run the fuck away. Same thing. If they tell you that you'll make back your investment, run fast. They legally can't say that. They ethically can't say that. And that's also why the coaching industry is getting a really, really bad rap. So this is my last point kind of about this topic is that can you succeed without making an investment in coaching? Absolutely. Yes. 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 Let me keep yelling that. Sorry if the volume's up on your headphones or car. Can you succeed without a coach? Yes. Find a mentor. Have accountability. Learn. There's so much free content on the internet. It makes me want to vomit every time I add to it. There is so much learning available to you. There is so much figuring it out, guys. I cannot even tell you. Can you do it without it? Yes. Will it take longer? Maybe. I know people that have just gone out there and done it and have had no coaching, have had to hire teams within a few months, have been, holy smokes, like rocket ship style growth. Is that the norm? Not always. But what needs to be said to go back to my original point is that we cannot have this conversation on coaching without acknowledging the inherent privilege that is associated with being able to spend that much money in your business. We have families to pay for, guys. Trust me, as I'm 30-something, one, two weeks pregnant, we have mortgages to pay for, car payments to pay for. Maybe you have student loans. Maybe you have credit card debt. Maybe you want to save to buy a house. Maybe you aren't making a ton of money as a service provider because you're not there yet to tell somebody that they need to spend X amount of money on a service because that's the only way to better themselves. That narrative has to stop. And so if you take one thing from this episode, I want you to please, please, please know is that you can be successful without it. Is it going to be harder? Yes. Is it going to be more complicated? Yes. Will it take you more time? Probably. But you can still have that. And I think it is so, so, so valuable to hear this from somebody as a coach to tell you that. Which is going to bring me into a nice little segue of after kind of going on my rants and raves about the bad things to look out for, let's talk about the green flags. Let's talk about what to look for when you're picking a coach and then a mentorship. And then I want to break down a little bit of what it's like to work with me. And then we're going to talk about mentors and we're going to talk about accountability partners. And then we're going to get out of here and get on with our day. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to go do some big things, right? So green flags for coaching, green flags for mentors, green flags for accountability. I go back to this. You want somebody who has done what you want to do or something comparable. First and foremost, you would not look at a map if it's not going to tell you the right way to get there, right? So you're not going to talk to a coach that doesn't know how to do what you want to do. 
Um, that might involve vetting. That might mean that just because somebody was good for your friend doesn't mean they're for you. That might mean that you might have to do some extra legwork where you're going to have to follow someone on social for a while. You're going to have to do discovery calls. You're going to have to be okay saying no thank you at the end of a discovery call. Don't ever people please a coach by working, by just saying you want to work with them. It's garbage to you. So something I like to ask people is go back to this definition of coaching. What is it? It's an exchange. It's an exchange of money and time for energy and results. So how do you like to be coached? How do you like to be interacted with? One of the things to say is like, what is your love language? What is your personality style? Um, as an athlete, I love working with athletes. Oh my gosh, I have a new athlete client coming in. I am so excited to work with her because I just know we are going to be so similarly minded. But I always ask, did you ever play sports? And people say yes, or I'll say, were you part of a team of something? How did you like to engage with that coach? Did you ever have a teacher that motivated you in your life? What was it about that teacher? Our job as coaches is to find out what inherently motivates you and define your love language, your coaching love language. It is to find your personality style. It is to know what makes you tick and to know what makes you explode. It is to know if, you know, like I, I look at Kona as I'm recording this. Kona likes his belly rubbed. If I rub Kona's belly, he'll do X, Y, and Z. If I give Kona a Trito, he'll do X, Y, and Z. It's the same thing when I work with my clients, not rubbing your belly guys, but how do I connect with you? How do I motivate you? What can I say? When can I say it? Green flags for coaches are people who make you feel seen and heard. Green flags for coaches are people who understand when you need to hear things, even if they are not what you want to hear. Green flags for coaches are people who are not afraid to give you feedback. The worst thing in the world is to pay somebody to help you get results, to pay somebody to help you make you better. And everything you do is just great. This is so great. This is awesome. I'm so happy. Yay. As much as I want to believe that every single one of you listening is all of those things, and I know you are, not everything we do is great. Not everything we do should go without feedback. And even if we do something great, we can still benefit from feedback, which is another point. Do you want feedback? Can you handle feedback? Do you want to grow? Do you want to evolve? Or do you want to just be told good job? Now, I got to be honest with you. My style is really direct. I'm going to tell you when I've asked you to do something five times, you still haven't done it, that this is why we're not moving the ball forward. I am going to tell you also when you've moved the ball forward and you've done a really fucking great job, but you are too in your own way to see it. I'm not going to give you a participation trophy, but my God, when you hit that milestone, I will buy you anything you want. Liter not literally though, guys. I mean like, come on. Maybe. Anyways, I have a style of coaching where I want to see you win. I truly do. I want to see you win which means that when you win, we are going to pop champagne and we are going to celebrate it. But when we don't win, I'm going to also pick you back up. But I'm not going to let you stay down. And when you don't win because you didn't work to win, I'm also going to tell you that too. Does that work for everyone? Absolutely not. Oh my God. 
one of the funny things is clients who work with me who get that bit of feedback that's like you aren't you aren't living up to your potential and they get so upset by it and they go but I'm paying you you should be nice to me we should be friends we're not friends guys my job is to help you get results do I want to be friends with you sure do I want to be friendly with you absolutely do I want to see you win freaking right but also your friends aren't going to let you play small. Your friends aren't going to let you just sit on your ass. No. So one of the biggest green flags with a coach is that you guys are able to come to a communication agreement. I call it, you know, do your love languages align? Super duper, duper, duper key. Okay. The other thing that I would say about like green flags for coaches is don't be afraid to move on. Don't be afraid to work with someone for a little bit and be like, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This is, you know, I'm, I'm going to move on. Or I have another coach who I like. I have friends come to me and be like, so I was talking to my business coach and I'm so excited for them because they're not weirded out that they have a coach who isn't me. I'm not weirded out that they have a coach who isn't me. I have a very good friend who has a very big name business coach who is doing for her what I could not have done for her because I do not have the exact industry experience that she needs. I have other friends that have business coaches who are more therapists and that's what they want. But I also have worked with coaches and have clients and I'll say, you don't need help with your business. You need help with your marketing. You need help with your, you need therapy. You need fill in the blank. And so a green flag with a coach is somebody who is willing to let you grow, somebody who is willing to let you move on and somebody who is also willing to point out where maybe their strengths aren't aligning with your needs. Going back to what I always say, honesty is kindness. The best thing you can do for someone is be honest with them. Okay. So if you also have a coach that says, I don't think we're a good personality fit, take that as a compliment that that person respects you enough, respects you enough. Hear that to say that. Cool. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about with coaching is what it's actually like to work with a business coach. I think a lot of people who haven't done it have no idea. And so it's just to pull back that curtain really, really quickly. This is my last point on coaching. I need some water. Okay. What it's like to work together. So number one, I've mentioned this before. And again, at no point in this conversation is this meant to be a sales pitch. It's meant just to be a very honest discussion of what coaching is from a coach's perspective. So for a long time, I used to offer coaching packages and it used to be about like, if you want this commitment, you will sign up for this many sessions and it's going to be this much investment and blah, blah, blah. And it's because a lot of other coaches did it. And because it worked for them, I thought it would work for me. The difference that I found is that people who are in my niche and my demographic were a little intimidated by the thought of, holy cow, I need, I only have eight weeks to work with you, or I don't have that type of money to invest right now, but I want to work with you. Um, I also did containers for three months and six months, same thing. And I found that for a lot of business owners, everyone's goals, because especially I work in a very diverse field of fitness, wellness, creative, everyone's goals are different. I can't put together a program where everyone's going to come together and learn one thing. I did that with my online course, Fitness Business Bootcamp. It was successful, but like I said, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. I learned that lesson and moved on. So what I realized with coaching, and this is the takeaway that I want, is that I learned how I work best with clients and I learned how my clients would work best with me. And how my clients work best with me is they book one-on-one sessions about once a month or about as they are progressing. 
For example, if they're launching a product, we're meeting every other week or once a month. If they are launching a brick and mortar studio, we're launching every week, or sorry, we're meeting every week, every other week, you know, towards the end, or maybe even I'm going and spending the whole day there to set up their systems and organize them. I have other clients who I've been working with for literally the entire time I've had this business who I opened their business and then we, you know, met six months later to make some updates and then we met a month later to update legal and then we met a month later to work on their hiring plan and then the next month on their finances and they just kind of keep coming back. And so for me, working together with a client is about meeting them at their needs. That's not how all coaches work. A lot of people require time commitments. I found that giving clients time restraints freaks people out, feels like it stresses them out. It puts a huge amount of imposing pressure on. And then you're also always selling. You're always like launching three-month containers, buy this three-month package, buy this 10-pack package. And not everybody wants that or is in that space to need it. And that a lot more people are in the space to invest in themselves for a few hours or a lot of people are able to say, I have this problem. How do I fix it? And so for me, I am all about the bring me your problems and let's fix it. And because life is so unpredictable, we don't know when that problem is going to come up. So come to me when it comes up. Now, that being said, do I require some people to come back regularly? Absolutely, because they need to to stay accountable to accomplish what they want to do. Now, first time you come to a coaching session, I just want to make it really clear. Me, any other coach you're working with, we cannot fix your life in one hour. If it was that simple, we would not be charging a couple hundred bucks an hour. Add some zeros, friends. Add lots of zeros. So I say this lovingly and jokingly, but also seriously, we cannot fix your life in an hour. Your first session for us is really about, and this is my friend Ashley says, and I think it's so brilliant. It is a mirror. It is an opportunity to hold a mirror up to you and to figure out where you are, what you need to work on, and how we're going to get you to where you want to be. Some coaches like to call this a discovery call. I personally don't believe in giving away my time for free anymore. And so I require this as a first session. And I tell my clients, we have an hour together. If you want to spend the first 45 minutes telling me your life story, I love that. I don't really know how many action items I'm going to have for you at the end of it, but I want to hear it. I have other people that come to me, they spew for 10, 15 minutes, and we just get to work. But what you need to know is your first session is step one. It is your first workout towards losing weight. It is your first meal towards feeling better or healing your gut. It is your first facial in fixing your acne. It is your first physical therapy session in getting over an injury. Just like every single one of those is a process that requires commitment and requires repetition and requires follow-up, business coaching is no different. It is just where we put together our plan of action and then we get to work. Now, for me, I am really about distinct action. To me, I am very much about following every phone call with a, these are the next steps which is why the first session is more important than ever. It's why I push a lot of business owners to make it a 90 to two, a 90 minute to two hour session because we accomplish leaps and bounds in that amount of time. And what I like to do is I like to tell people, we map out the whole forest in that initial session, or we at least map out the general forest. And then we create the roadmap of how you're going to drive through the forest, how you're going to get from point A to point B, how you are going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. 
And then every session, we create actionable steps that you take on that road. And so that when you finish that step, you come back and you say, here I am. This is what I've done. This is what I've accomplished. This is the result of it. This is the feedback of it. This is the cost of it. Here is what I need now to get to the next step. And then we work on that together. I hate when people refer to it as doing their homework, but I think it's also a connotation that we can all get behind. But when I show you, this is how we're going from point A to point Z, and this is what we're going to do to get to point B. These are your steps. This is what you're going to do to get to point G. These are your steps. People feel supported, seen. They feel like it is digestible. They feel like they can actually do it. So that's the value that I find in these one-to-one sessions is that I know life happens. And I'm not saying because you're screwing around. I'm saying because we have families and because we have jobs and because we get colds that take us out for two weeks and because summer is here and we want to enjoy it or because, you know, we get busy actually working with our clients. And so I don't want to put a time frame on you and say, okay, you only have eight weeks to accomplish from A to Z. I want to give you action items and say, you have two weeks to get from A to B. Can you do that? Yes. Great. You have two weeks to get from B to D. Can you do that? Yes. And I find that that really, really, really helps people. And on that point, on that journey, we're honest. And I've said this before that there, that coaching is not therapy, but I think that a lot of coaching is also just holding space for people because a lot of our internal shit comes out when we're doing business coaching. A lot of our limiting beliefs come out. A lot of our childhood wounds come out. A lot of our deeply set beliefs and ways come out. Who we are as people really shows. And so I like to check in with them as we're doing this. Again, not as a therapist because I'm staying in my lane, but I think it's really, really, really important that we acknowledge that what we are doing is still very personal. It is still human-based. It is still connection-based. And when you work with me, when you work with any good coach, we should be able to also be able to pull are you having a bad day? Let's talk about it instead. Let's not let's not try to push forward and let's not put impositions on. Do you need to cancel because you're having a terrible fight with your significant other? Okay. Let's be human here. Do you need some extra time to get something done because life happened? Okay. Or are you screwing around because you're afraid of actually being successful because you have a limiting belief or because of what? So when you and I work together, I don't want you guys to think that I am this cold. You have to do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm an athlete, blah, blah, blah. And I want you to know that no coach should do that to you. No coach should ever make you feel like you are still not a person at the end of the day. I also think it's really important with coaching, that coaching is not always financial. It is not always a transactional relationship. It cannot be. And this is my last point here, is that if you are working with a coach, you should have a bit of access to them in between paid sessions. They should check in on you. I check in with all my people at least once a month. I say, how's it going? What happened with this? How is this? How's this client? How's this employee? How is it? How are you? And I think it's really important to know that I'm not putting pressure on people when I do that. I just genuinely want them to know that I want to see you win. I haven't heard from you. Are you working? Is shit coming up? Are you giving up on yourself? 
I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to check in on you. And your coach should check in on you too. And if they will only talk to you when it's a financial exchange, that is going back to red flags. They don't have your best interest in heart. If they're going to charge you to talk to you, which I'm a huge proponent of, by the way, because I think of boundaries. And I think there are ways to have thoughtful conversations that are, again, equal changes of energy. But I also think it's very, very important to know that you know that we have your back and that we're in your corner. So that is a big old spiel on coaching. I actually didn't intend to spend as much time on all of that as I did, but I felt like, again, I was really excited to record this. And so I wanted to talk a lot about the industry. I wanted to talk about a lot about coaches, red flags, green flags, what it's like to work together. Um, and I want to talk now a little bit about mentorships and accountability partners. But um, I guess before I do, it's only fair if I share a little bit really quickly about my experience with having coaches and mentors and people who hold me accountable. Um, when I very, very first started, I had a one-on-one coach. I paid her for sessions. She is somebody who's still in my community. I now look at her as a peer. And I outgrew what she could do for me, plain and simple. I moved on. I hired a, like I said, a very well-known online course creator to be part of one of her online courses and also like one of her masterminds for course creation. Crushed it. Decided course creation was not for me um, and moved on. (coughs) Excuse me. Still coughing. Colds. Does anyone else colds just linger forever? Yeah. Anyways, I have now gotten to a point where I really want to figure out where in my business I need help. And so I've hired really niche coaches and I've hired niche coaches and I don't want to say it just in case they're listening, but I've hired niche coaches that have been really great. And I've hired niche coaches that have not been good. And going back to my conversation earlier about it's okay to tell a coach that you're moving on. It's okay to acknowledge that a coach is not for you. It's okay to say this didn't work out great for me. I didn't get anything from this. Um, I've hired niche coaches for certain aspects of my business to get better at myself. I've hired niche coaches to make my business run better. And have I invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in coaching? Absolutely not. No. Have I invested a good amount of money that I can justify investing? Yes. Would I love to invest more? Yes. Would I love to be part of other things? Absolutely. But I believe like in all things in life, it's a journey, right? And that because I'm never going to stop growing and evolving as a business owner, As I'm growing and evolving, I can find coaches, mentors, and support systems to help me grow and evolve, which leads me to my last couple points I want to talk about, mentorship and accountability. So you've heard me say this a million times. I'm going to keep saying it because it is just the darn truth. We cannot do this alone. This thing called life, this thing called business ownership, this thing called everything that we do, we cannot do it alone. And so I think it's also very important as we talk about finding growth in our business that we talk about mentors. Now, mentors are different from coaches because you're not necessarily paying them. And I think this is a very, very important distinction because not everything as it relates to work relationships or getting help in business and life needs to be a financial transaction. I just said it above as I talked about checking in with my clients. Not everything is a financial transaction. And so if people only see you as that, it's time to find new people. It's interesting because... I've had coaches or hired people who are niche coaches who were arms like mentors at first. That famous course creator, I followed her forever. I listened to her podcast. I thought she was just the shit at the time. And 
She then became a coach, but she was a mentor first. I now have mentors who are in not at all similar businesses as I am, but they are just women entrepreneurs who are older and wiser and can just give me some perspective. And they continue to give me perspective at no cost of their own. I think mentorship for women is everything. I think networking and community for women in business is everything. And so what I want to add is that I think it's really, really, really important for us to be both mentors and have mentors. I think that if somebody reaches out to you on social media and they want to learn from you and they follow along with you and they listen to your podcast, let them be so happy to let them ask you questions. Be so grateful that they are looking up to you as somebody who is an expert that they can turn to. I remember in the middle of the pandemic, a young woman reached out to me. I met her through a professional organization I was part of, and she said, I really want to launch this product. Will you mentor me through it? And I got to tell you guys, that was the most ballsy thing anyone has ever said said to me because I offered business coaching at the time. I offered coaching containers, and she goes, I want you to mentor me. I don't want to go through your program. I want to just know you have my back. I want to feel like somebody out there is rooting for me. And I thought, holy shit, this girl is very, very smart, by the way. And she ended up doing really cool things with herself. Um, Sam, if you're listening, shout out to you, girlfriend. But what I thought was really, really cool about that was that you can acknowledge in life and in business, especially with women, especially with people who are greener versus who are more experienced, that you can be friendly. You can ask them general advice. You can have an ear when you've had a bad day or an absolute flop of a launch and that there is somebody that actually wants to support you. I think it's also very, very important to acknowledge that a lot of people want to be there for you. There is a power of networking and community that is just beyond and people want to help you literally just because of the energy that you bring to the table by virtue of you being you Somebody will want to help you. They will want to be at that table with you. They will want you to reap the benefits of what they can give you. Don't ever mistake that. And if the table you're at doesn't have anyone who's like that, you're at the wrong table. And this way we're making this podcast because we are building our own table. So I would encourage you if you take one thing away from this episode It is to think of who out there in the world you can look up to as a mentor in your industry or outside of it. Follow them on Instagram, listen to their podcasts, read their blog posts, learn from them. Again, guys, the internet is literally a word vomit plethora of information. Yeah, you have to wade through a lot of it, but there is also so much good information from people who want to share it because they want you to have it. That's a great place to start as a mentor. Last thing I want to talk about is accountability partners and accountability people in our lives. Now, this one is going to probably be like the lowest form of support as it comes to your business and it comes to your career, but I think it's also very, very, very valuable because it has been brought up to me that I do that to people a lot. I hold a lot of people accountable, both as friends and, you know, as a coach, but that there are people who want to succeed, sorry, who want to see you succeed. And it is important to be around those people. You don't have to go out for coffee with them all the time. You don't have to work out with them all the time, but you just want to know that they are there. My friend Ashley, Aegis Lashley, Ashley Curtis was on the podcast a few 
weeks ago and she always loves to tell the story how I, I feel like I bullied her honestly. Sorry, Ashley, because I would always ask, what are you doing with your extra spaces in your studio? She has this beautiful studio. She has an extra room in it. What are you going to do with it? And I'd always ask her and it was kind of like the push that she needed to put a renter in there. I always ask people, what's going on with this project that you're working on? What's going on with this program that you told me you want to launch? When are you doing this? And I don't mean to, but it's literally just, that's me. I'm kind of nosy. I just want to know. But I will always ask you when you tell me that you're doing something, I will always follow up and go, how is that going? And it's because I want to see you succeed. And you need to find people like that in your corner who just want to see you succeed. I think it's really important with accountability that there are people that you can be friends with. And this is when you actually want friends, right? I said coaches shouldn't be friends until you build that relationship. Your accountability partners need to be people who can be vulnerable to. They are the people that you can say, I did not deserve a participation trophy for the lack of effort that I did in the past month. They are the people who you can say, I have sat on my potential. They are the people who will tell you, you have sat on your potential. Accountability really, really helps to me when you have people who are in a similar industry or field who are doing a similar thing or have a similar goal, but you don't feel like you're competing with them. It's very, very, very important. Your accountability partner is not somebody you are ever competing with. When you find yourself competing with them, that is when you actually need to get some space, maybe get a coach, maybe reassess that relationship. But accountability partners are super duper key because they are the people who you can be a little bit more real and honest with. They are people who genuinely want to see you succeed. They might not hold you as accountable as your coach. They may not tell you when, you know, the feedback that your coach is being paid to tell you, but they are equally important to have in your corner. They're also the people that are going to talk about you in a room full of opportunity. This is something I haven't said before, but I think it's really worth saying. Your coaches are paid to get you results, but you're not paying them to buy results for you. You cannot hire someone to do your push-ups. I think that's a really big distinction with business coaching versus accountability. Your friends will mention you in a room full of opportunity. Your business coach should mention you in a room full of opportunity also, but they're not being paid to go sell your name around. They're not your PR person. So accountability partners to me guys are really, really key because they're the friends in your life that want to see you win. If you don't have one, I want to be your accountability partner. DM me on Instagram and tell me that. Mentors, equally important. They're people that have a little bit more experience that want you to reap the benefits of their experience, but they don't want to have to be responsible to you the way coaches have to. I want to be your mentor. You want to check in and tell me the cool shit you're doing? Let's talk. Do not sleep on the role of community in your growth. Do not sleep on the role of these three people in your business success. It's everything. Some of it's free. Some of it's not. Some of it's going to take work. Some of it's not. At the end of the day, guys, I want to just say this one more time. There's so much sunshine for all of us and so many people want to see you succeed. And sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and let people help us. So I hope you found this episode really, really valuable. I love how I start every episode with, this is going to be a quick solo chat and an hour later I'm going on and on. But I think that this is a really needed discussion on the coaching industry. I think it's really needed discussion on business coaching. And I just want to reiterate one more time, you are worthy. You are so damn freaking worthy of accomplishing all of your big dreams. 
and there are people out there that want to help you get there. So go find them and let them help you. All right. Love you guys so much. Until next time, have a great one, bestie. Thanks for listening to the She First World podcast. If you loved it, and we hope you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast, send this to a friend, and share us on social, tagging me at danielle.stead. Until next time, talk soon, besties.